rebuilding job. Energy. You know, glad to see you. Hello. Welcome back into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can find me on Twitter at Aestetka. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Tottenham Depot. Now that that short bit of admin is out of the way, we've got my friend Todd with me as well. He's at TC underscore Kashow. Todd, how are you this evening? Always well, good sir. Always well. Any day that you get the opportunity to talk about Tottenham is a good day. And uh, our other two regulars couldn't be with us today. Scott is... Uh, on the injury list, <laughs> I'll let I'll let him him explain. You can follow him at you can follow him at DSM Spurs and ask him about what's going on with him. Uh, I, I'm not going to get into it. He's a little tongue tied um, at the moment, though. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, and Dakota, who's at Dakota J Booth, is uh, on his his little summer getaway before the season starts. So uh, we gave him the week off, and we've called in Shuban to to replace the, both of them at the real Shuban. Shuban, how's it going, man? Good man, chatting to you from the best side, the best coast. So yeah, it's always it's always good. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it is. Uh, yeah, it I'm, is. Now, I've now just alienated everyone like on the east coast. So I'm sorry. Love you guys. <laughs> Love all of you guys. Meet the seaboard. Love all you guys as well. <laughs> yeah, it's an early Sunday morning. It's August first out here for for TC and I. Uh, more like Ooh. Sunday evening for Shuban out there in London. But we've got a lot to talk about because it's been a little over a week since we last recorded. Um, and let's just be honest, a shit ton of stuff has gone down in the world of Tottenham Hotspur. Um, let's start it off though briefly by talking about the friendly that Spurs played this past week, uh, away at MK Don's three, one. I know Todd, you took in a lot of this match. I took in about 20 minutes in the second half of it. Um, so I won't be able to give you the, you know, the full rundown, but what were your takeaways from this is, I believe what the third friendly or the fourth friendly that this team has played so far, uh, this summer. Yeah, um, and I think that the uh, the number one takeaway was that the new away kits are absolutely fucking fire. There you go. And I, I just need everybody to, to understand that that was the resounding message left by Tottenham Hotspur at MK Dons, was that we have the sickest away kits in the entire Premier League. Just understand that. So that point was made loud and clear. There is also a football match that they played. Um, and Tottenham won that three to one. And realistically, it should have been 12 or 15 to one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, I'm not upset about what I saw at all. And the reason why I say that is because it was fluid. It was very fluid. Lots of runs in behind. Sonny was on one and he looked fantastic. Delhi um, looked like a man. Delhi looked like a man. That's what I. That's what I saw. Was I saw a man named Delhi. And then what I also saw was um, the <laughs> Oliver Skip looking like an absolute beast and just pinging the ball all over the place and bossing the midfield. And I started salivating at thinking of him and Peh just chewing up uh, <laughs> cams all over the Premier League and. Yeah. and it, God help any of those poor conference league players if, uh, for whatever reason, Nuno wants to throw that pairing out there as well. So um, exciting stuff from what I saw. I also saw that Steven Bergwijn still can't find the goal to save his fucking life. And I really, really, really want that to change or um, him to leave. I don't know what else to say. The great movement. He looked really sharp. But we already have Lucas. 
um, who can do everything you want with the ball, but then, you know, is a little suspect with the, with the finishing. I mean, listen, he's, he's clinical when he gets the opportunity. It's just, he doesn't get the opportunity much because he keeps falling over the fucking ball. So I don't really need the same thing, uh, the same uh, end result from Steven Bergvine, despite how fancy he may look doing it. So um, the other thing that I saw is actually Troy Parrott looked halfway decent, pulled some Harry Kane shit out of his ass. If you, you, you watch the the uh, the play where the ball kind of uh, came off outside the 18 and he picked it up on the right of it and kind of like shaded towards the touchline and then quickly turned and fired a ball across the box and Dane Scarlett was on his horse trying to get there but couldn't quite finish. That was that was textbook Harry Kane stuff. Well, so, Troy, Troy Parrott impressed so much that Spurs left him there. Uh, and well, gonna, I mean, and he's he's going on loan now. <laughs> to MK Duns. Truth be told, I think they lost a bet. And uh, yeah. they had to pay Troy Parrott for the year. Uh, it was something about the, the coach beforehand. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Shuba, what were you? It's a long drive from Milton Keynes out to London, man, anyway. So, you know, you don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> Shuba, what were your takeaways from this friendly? Um, it's, it's really hard, though, because I remember, see, I remember years ago, David Benley looking like David Beckham or Luis Figo against Roma. Do you know what I mean? It was 5-0 or something. And then we had that horrible season afterwards. So I take friendly for what it is. It's just a glorified training. It's just, it's, yeah, yeah, it's good. You're looking good, inspiring. It's a friendly level inspiring. But until you have the actual real thing, you won't know. Um, there was positivity. Um, I thought Lucas showed, I mean, uh, that kind of opening his body up and trying to play play him because he's playing, you know, playing that passing with his left foot. I like seeing what I saw from there. Um, I thought, um, what's name? Alfie Whiteman. I mean, that was a beautiful save after giving away the penalty. Although that yeah. wasn't really his fault. He was exposed for that. But like I said, th- these are essentially glorified training matches. And it's all about building fitness. It's about promoting the T-shirt. And I, th- I think someone's going to promote. I mean, if Bose or Air- Apple AirPods don't end up sponsoring us for a pair of T-shirts and new AirPods, do you know what I mean? And you know what I mean because because he, he was he had his he had his like his earphones plugged in all the time. So that's right. got to be a marketing opportunity for third marketing board. Do you know what I mean it's like yeah, <laughs> use use the pods that you know that Paratici uses because he's always on them and they they have power for days. Do you know what I mean? There's, but, there's uh, nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with that, and and there's certainly a lot to be had with uh with conversations surrounding that, and we're gonna we're gonna obviously get into a lot of that too before we move on from the mk dons of it all i do want to just mention I, I i mentioned it but do you guys have any more thoughts on the on the troy parrot of it all going to mk dons on loan obviously it's you know things can change in january like they did last year for for troy parrot but this seems like a good move for him to actually get some some senior football and and get some you know some playing time and and continue his development i don't think that this is you know i don't think this spells the end for for troy parrot or is any kind of um bad thing i think it, the more opportunities he gets to actually play football is a good thing right i think that this is actually I, i'm sorry Shubes. I, I think that this is actually going to be kind of the breakthrough year for troy perry in a lot of ways um i think that last year was a lot about kind of coming back to earth like everybody gashes you up this entire time like oh you're going to be the next this you're going to be the next that and then like <clears throat> i don't know you do some some 19, 20 year old shit or 18, 19, 20, you know, 20 year old shit and you got a lot of money and you got a lot of opportunity and like you're not really with your parent club and you're kind of doing whatever and your focus is elsewhere and you make some fucking adolescent boy decisions and some shit happens and you need to grow up. And from everything that we've heard around the club, that's exactly what Troy Parent went through in this last year. And so I think now, Andrew, to your very point, he just needs to play football again. 
and getting the opportunity to do so and get back to what's what's really what Troy Parrott is all about, which is being probably as uh, some folks will, will attest to, probably the all around the, the best all around striker in the system still that that we have at Spurs. Well, See, in the system, in the system, other than Harry Kane, obviously. Well, no, no, no. well I mean, we're not even talking about that. I'm saying in, in, in the development. No, system, I know, yes. I know. Um, go ahead, the, go ahead, the, the, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Shoops. I'm conflicted with loans because I remember you years ago, Stephen Colker, the Bristol City fans, the Robins loved him. He said, "Come, please come and keep him. Please come and keep him. Please come and keep him." So he went on loan to Swansea City. Had a good season there, playing regularly. Came to us, and obviously we had changed things. So. I think loans are great, but you never know what can happen. You could have a really good set of loans, and then you come back to your parent club, it doesn't work out. You can leave your parent club, go out and loan, like Andros did that, um, Harry Kane famously did that, and it just doesn't work. You don't really blitz it, but then you right. come back, you your parent club. I think it's one of those things that, you know, like past performance is no indication of future performance kind of thing, and that's what it is. It's so many things can go on. There are so many tangibles in football kind of thing that all I can hope is that you want him to be playing games. So the best example I can give is, say, Jude Bellingham. Two years ago, he's playing at Birmingham City in the in what in the Championship. A year later, he's playing at Dortmund, and he was just he was he was amongst the subs bench for England. And he's going to go on to have an incredible season. I think he'll be a, a huge part of the England setup going mm-hmm. going forward. But you never know what can happen. Injuries can happen, change of form, everything. So I don't want to put too much pressure on um, Troy Parrott. I think it's just about going there, enjoy your football, and. Um, and just see what happens, really, because you know you can you know you can have a great you know you can be great on loan and then come back and be terrible. I mean, like for example, Norwich guys really want um, Skippy back. They loved him, they adored him. He fitted brilliant to their system because the system worked really well for Skippy and the management worked. Everything worked really well. Is it going to work now with Nuno and his new system and we're trying things out? It may do, it may not. So I just think the jury's still out. We've got another what three, four weeks, I think. Before the loan window closes so i just think you know let's see what happens obviously we, we will talk about the friendlies that will be coming up and obviously city game coming up but i think just see what happens really i just don't i don't want to put too much pressure on any of these players because there's enough pressure on them as it is right. like troy parrott within your robbie kane skippy to be like the english peh i mean just let the players play sure and whatever happen will happen no, right, Shubhan, I, th- I think that's a great point, Shubhan. I mean, we look, we send Scott out on loan to other podcasts all the time. And when, and when, <laughs> and when he comes back, I don't know that he's improved or not. So, like, it's a really good point. You just have to kind of let it play out and see what happens and, uh, and hope, hope the player develops uh, in the way that you want him to. So that's a really good point. Um, so paired to MK Dons, there's a lot of other stuff going on, obviously, since the last time we spoke. Um, we did speak last week about Brian Heal. Uh, coming in from Sevilla, Lamella going the other way. That officially happened. We also got an official departure from Toby Alderweireld, which is a big deal. Toby goes to Qatar, um, probably our best center back last year, which is not saying much, but it is, but it is saying something. Last uh, year? Well, Toby, I'm saying Toby. last last season, he was probably our best center back. I'm not uh, Overall, he's been our best center back for years, obviously. But last year, I'm speaking of... Sure. He was probably the best one in the stable, and that's not great. Um, Todd, what were your thoughts on Toby's departure? Which kind of, I wouldn't say it came out of nowhere, but no, when it was it, time. I shed a it, lily white tear. I'm yeah. not going to lie about it. Like I had to, I retired a a, a, a kit from from my active player section in, in my in my my closet, um, and, uh, and you know, I teared up a little bit. It was a great kit, and uh, it was. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it was, uh, listen, to- Toby is, um, for those who became Tottenham fans after Ledley retired, Toby's the best center back that they've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and some would argue that Toby is better than Ledley. Now, I'm not going to have that conversation with folks, but some would argue it. And truth be told, if you look at the level at which Tottenham were playing when Toby was at his best for us and the level that Ledley was playing when Tottenham were at their best when Ledley was playing for them, you can make that argument. Yeah, I will never forget the things that Toby did on those European nights in our Champions League runs. I will never forget that as long as I live. I'll never forget the header the in the COVID season, the header against the scum in an empty stadium, and you could audibly hear him scream. A, a, a generally, a fairly reserved Belgian guy scream this this guttural roar uh, of of glory. I'll never forget that. And so, for um, someone who has great reverence both for the number four and uh, for excellent center back play. Um, you know, Toby will be missed, but I'm glad that this is legitimately, listen, you go to the Qatar stars league, you know, it's, you appreciate the payday. Let's call it what it is. You're not exactly going, you're not exactly going to keep up the level of competition. It wouldn't surprise me, honestly, if he made like a, if he made like a, almost a ceremonial return to Bruce and uh, at some point, um, maybe even for a season or as like a, like a player assistant manager, just so we can go home. Um, Toby was special for us and I'm, I'm always going to be in, in debt for his service. Shuban, I know that, um, you know, you, 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 we talked to you last week and, and, or, uh, in, in the group chat and you said certain, certainly a top five center back of all time at Spurs, well, right? Would, would you put him well, there? Here's the thing. I always said the center back is all about partnerships. Yeah. And I think, obviously, I'm too young. I'm just, I can just about remember the Goffey um, Mabbitt partnership, and that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, fast forward, we never really had any good centre-backs for years. Like, Mabbitt had, like, tons of defenders around him. And, obviously, there's he who will not be named. can never be named. Well, no, no, but, absolutely not. Yeah. But, um, but I think if you look at, say, at King and Woodgate, because they were always injured. One of them was always injured. So you never had to let them play. So I think when him and Jan were together, it was just magical. And then... Yeah. When you put when and then when they were in that when they when they were in that back three with with yes. Dyer and, and you put like Wanyama and then Bella who were just incredible. It was just oh my god. Sanchez I thought, played sad. a lot that season too. I thought sad. I thought sad, but I think that that particular I think it's about partnerships and I think ultimately we've it's kind of harsh, but there's a reason why. First of all, he probably, he probably couldn't go to Belgium or in that because there's not going to be able to pay him that kind of level of wages that he's going to get guitar yeah. with the tax free money that they're going to get there. Yeah. Right. Secondly, it saves his body because I think he'll go for Qatar twenty twenty two for the World Cup, so that helps him there, and also gets him acclimatized to the heat as well. Yep. I think three is just about that. It's time to say goodbye to players. I think yes. Alex Ferguson was very good at getting rid of players, and I think no manager did that better than Alex Ferguson. I can't think of any manager that did that. And I'm not saying it wasn't it was Nuna being ruthless or putting a marker down. I'm just saying that sometimes it's time to move on and. Like I said, we are having to make difficult choices. And I think that's why that's why I kind of like that we have a director of football. Not because I believe in it. It's just I think you have a manager who's got to look at the season. You've got the... I don't know that's what I'm not from me, sorry. Um, the man, you've got the manager who's got to look at for the year. You've got the director of football who's looking at things over two to three years. And then you've got the chairman who's looking at things over three to five years kind of thing. 
and they've made a decision together and they said you know what toby could be around for a year but he's not going to be around for another three years let's get how much we can get for him let's get him off our wage books and let's really just give these guys a chance i mean joe rodon showed some quality in the euros and i think you know and i think obviously we'll talk about romero i mean i asked an argentinian guy i know and i was like asking about romero and he was like and he was like, do you know what? He's probably seven out of ten. And I was like, oh, I'll tell you to him, I'm hoping he was saying like Ayala Motsu or Sensini Motsu. He goes, no, no. He's good. He has potential, but he's not going to be. Yeah. But the thing is, I saw Toby play for Southampton against us as a defensive midfielder. So they clearly hadn't worked out his best position. But you put him, put him with Jan and it's just like, like your American's peanut butter and jelly or something or our, yeah. our, our, cheese and, our cheese and pickle or something. It just worked and it was just beautiful to be there and when those two I mean I remember that game against oh god I'm trying to think so so many games when they just played together and it was just they were, he, Jan was like a Rolls Royce he just brought it out Toby with his pings over the top to Delhi Alley we apparently Mauricio and hated apparently but it was just beautiful to watch and like I said I'm very lucky to have seen I've saw Ledley and I've seen I mean if someone said to me who's your best centre-backs I'm going to say Toby Jan and Ledley I know the back three and the Jaffa isn't the Jaffa's here in spirit because I'm going with the back three because those three <laughs> I've not seen three better three antibiotics. You just imagine how good it would have been to have all three of them together. Um, Indeed, I appreciate that. Shout to Capo Dawson too, just to to throw it out there. That guy deserves yeah. some love. I'm not going to let the, the was that a cheese and pickle shout that that we got there? I'm not yeah. gonna <laughs> I thought you were going to let it go. <laughs> no, I can't. Is, is uh, cheese and pickles a big thing in England? Is it sweet pickles or dill pickles? Oh, yeah. How do you, how do, you do it? Branson's pickle. It's like we love it. It's, it's a plowman's. It's, it's, it's one of our favorite favorite lunches. It's, okay. it's, where, it's, where, it's, it's where you get the term lunch from luncheon. Okay. All right. Well, I I, I brought it up. I'm, I'm going to move on from it because I have nothing <laughs> else to say about it. Um, <laughs> so so Toby's gone. Um, there, there there could there's a lot of other departures kind of in the wings and and. And you guys mentioned it, you know, that's part of what this Paratici uh, appointment has brought. It seems like he's telling and, and and Todd and I were talking about this a little bit off the air before we before we started recording recording. Um, it seems like he has brought this attitude of thank you for your services. We are go, go find another club to play for for a lot of these players. And yeah. um, that's kind of a, we got a listener question from uh, Dustin Gentile, and he wanted to hear about some of these other outgoings. We've heard rumors about uh, we've heard rumors about Joe Hart going to Celtic. We've heard rumors about Musa Sissoko going to Bordeaux. We've heard rumors about Harry Winks going to Everton. Uh, we've heard rumors about Serge Aurier going to fuck all. I don't know. It seems like nobody wants Serge Aurier, but you know, I heard, I heard PSV. Yeah. PSV maybe. Um, what does it say about, you know, bringing in Paratici and, and, and the, the ability that he has had to at least move some of the, like, I think moving Toby on as, as sad as we're all to, you know, to, to see him go, like you said, it was time. And those kinds of steps seem big for this, what what seems like a three year long painful rebuild that that Mauricio Pochettino yeah. once spoke about, right, Todd? Yeah, no, for, you're absolutely right. So, and there's a few points that I want to make here. And then the first point is, you're not going to get me on this Paratici shit. It's not <laughs> going to happen. His name is Paratici. Okay, I heard Fabrizio Romano say it, and that's I don't. <laughs> Mama name of Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay too. So fair enough. <laughs> realistically, what, what I'm looking at. 
<laughs> we're not i'm not i can't do it man but i appreciate that uh, um <laughs> if you look at what he's done he's removing players he's removing wages off the but we were playing eric lamella 100k a week eric fucking lamella so he's remo- we're paying joe hart something similar like we're removing these wages first and foremost so and and I appreciate the hell out of that because essentially how are you going to pay somebody like a Romero a fifty million pound signing if you still got Eric Lamella making a hundred k a week? Right. So uh, extrapolate that across the entire thing. And like we were talking about, um, and, and it was in relation to Sanchez to Sevilla rumors. And there was a quote that I saw from Sanchez that was just essentially like you know we've had talks. There's interest right now. They have a full squad. If that changes, you know there could be some truth to those rumors. And that led me to say that I think what what uh, Paratici has really done a good job at so far is essentially saying to these players, these these Winks and Sissokos and and Aurier's like, hey, thank you so much for the time that you've been here. Please, please politely fuck off and find something else to do that is not here. Um, and so, you know, get your people to make some phone calls and find you a place to go because it's time. And that's something that I don't think that, Mourinho could have done Mourinho and his staff could have done because it was too abrasive. Like, fuck you. You're terrible. Get out, get away from me. You're awful. You know, ne- you should never play football again. Like that's kind of like the vibe that they g- they gave off. And obviously Mauricio Pochettino called it out as the, the need for a, a, a painful rebuild. And I think that, you know, these players were, were so much family to him. I don't necessarily think that he had the ability to do what needed to be done there. Um, and so I think to your point, Andrew, a director of football comes in and makes this about business and just be like, hey, listen, Eric Lamella, you've had, you know, 17 goals over 47 seasons since you've been here. Like, and I'm still paying you 100K a week. This is bad business. Please. Let's take 17 it. goals and 18 different injuries. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, um, you know, more minutes on the training table than on the pitch. Like, that's a problem. Uh, yeah. So, you know, being able to cut it down into the football business side of things and remove the personal ties from this, the way that this guy has done, uh, I think will bode well for us. The other thing that I want to point out is that as Tottenham fans, and especially with as bad as this Romero deal is dragging out, we're expecting this to be like, oh, finally, we got Romero. We can go into the season. We'll figure it out. This guy's not fucking done, Andrew. There's a lot more to come. I right. think we get a striker across the line, and I think we get an additional right back across the line that's not Tamiyasu or whatever. That's potential. That's that's potentially true. I mean, I don't know that the striker one will be interesting. I, a lot of that, of course, depends on what happens with Harry Kane, which is still up in the air. And I don't really want to get into it because we're not going to know. For, we're not going to know for a while. There's going to be more to talk about in the, in the coming weeks regarding Harry Kane. Um, but you know, when you bring up these players, and I, and I think your Mourinho point is even a good one. Mourinho was brought in here to. In, in a win now mentality. So there was never going to be a big selling off of players that had been here a while. If you're trying to just push those players over a line yeah. um, and, and, and win something. And obviously it didn't work out. Well, um, when you fire him before the cup final, it's not going to Andrew. Anyway, well, you, you know, there. <clears throat> thank you for getting that in. Uh, it didn't work I'm, out. You're right. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't work out. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it, I guess at that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, the other signing that was pushed over the line in the last week, and we got to see a little bit of him at this uh, workout on Saturday at the stadium, is uh, Pierluigi Golini, the the new keeper. And I think he brings in he he comes in on loan, and I think he brings a really interesting and good question 
to the forefront. I think we all know and believe that Hugo Lloris is the, is the captain and goalkeeper for this season. Um, unless something really absurd happens over the next, you know, 30 days while the window is still open. Um, but Galini is, and, and, and I mentioned Joe Hart to potentially to Celtic Galini takes Joe Hart's place as the backup will likely play the conference league matches and, and cup matches and those kinds of things, um, which is all, all fine and dandy. Um, Shuban, come 2022, so a year from now, who is this team looking at as its starting goalkeeper? Is it Hugo Lloris? Is it Pierluigi Gallini? Or is it someone else? So this is a weird thing. With goalkeepers, especially with the fitness levels they need and the type of keeper Hugo is, I think we'll find out as the season wears on, does he still have some reflexes? I think there is that whole, um, I don't think you guys have ever met Pat Jennings, who's one of the the greatest goalkeeper in our history. He's got, ever, he's got the biggest hands you've ever seen, honestly. Biggest hands on a man ever. Now, obviously, we basically let him go. He went to Arsenal and won a few things there. And that kind of still haunts the club. And that's still, what, 45 years on? That still haunts the club. So I think it'll be, I think it'll be Hugo's decision. I think they'll do that thing, whereas he'll say, he'll have a discussion and say, look, do you still think you can keep going? Do you want to keep going? That motivation. I mean, like, that's one of the reasons Brad Friedel retired. He said, like, I, just, I just don't, not that I can't do it anymore, I just don't want to do it anymore. So it could be just be from Hugo, like, do you know what, I want to move to the US, I want to move back to France, or do you know what I mean? So I think it will be about what he wants to do, what he's best for his family. I think, it'll be interesting, I think with, when I heard Italian rapper was joining Tottenham, I thought, oh my God, that's Scott, what, what have you done now? No, <laughs> 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 uh, um, no. <laughs> sorry, I can't, sorry, Scotty, I love you, man. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and obviously there's no way you're gonna have a bad die job, bad bad die job, obviously. But um, he's not gonna do a hair to die. Well, that wasn't me. That was CC. I can, I can, I can say that I have no hair either. But um, no, what I was saying was that I think it's interesting because I think if you look at say, I think if you look at Juventus, I think he's had form for this because I think who who, who I can't remember the name of the goalkeeper at Juventus. But the Italian goalkeeper has been there for years. I've got his name. He went to PSG Buffon. And they brought in, I think, that Arsenal guy. Everyone hates Chesney. Was it Chesney who everyone hates? Fuck but Chesney, he, to his credit, he's done well at Juve. He hasn't done terribly. So it's recognizing that goalkeepers, that's someone you want to, you don't want to keep changing and switching around because Man United had that problem for years, switching around goalkeepers, trying to figure out who's going to be the number one. I think Galini is going to be an improvement on Hart. I think Galini's going to be a definite improvement on Gazaniga. You're an improvement so, on heart. Choose. <laughs> it's true. So yeah, but I think I think I think Scotty would be an improvement on heart. But um, I'm just, I'm just saying that I think it'll be interesting. I think it's I think how the season pans out. I think I can definitely see. Um, you know, I think Alfie Whiteman has shown some confidence, and I think he'll be someone like who's going to be third choice. And I think, like I said, just, you know, I think Joe Hart. He's a professional. He's solid. But the fact that he's been linked with Celtic. Do you know what I mean? Who are basically brassic now because they they haven't even made the they're they're now fine to get into the Europa League now. Do you know what I'm saying? I think it's you know I just I don't know I think Galini has a chance to push him. I think it'll be interesting. I mean I think I asked about him. They said you know he's not he's all right. He didn't make the Italian squad. I think he might have been in the like the reserve no. Italian no. national team, but I don't think he made the squad or anything. But, I think, but you're also he's he's behind Donnarumma. Like you're not going to play. No, right. no. But I'm saying, but I'm saying he's he's like number four goal, number four or five goalkeeper. I mean, he's not going to. There's there's quite a few. You know, I mean, Donnarumma has set the bar. 
But I definitely do think that there is room for him. And I think it's just how he responds to the to, to the coaching because it's like Gazaniga. I mean, all the guys at Southampton said, oh, they're, they're glad to get rid of him. And then under Antonio Jimenez, he really improved. And there were moments you thought, oh, my God, he could really push Hugo. Obviously, Hugo obviously was, you know, made sure he's number one. But there was a real improvement in, um, in Gazaniga. And I think there can be real improvement in Galini. And uh, I think, you know, I think he was at Udinese. How long was Udinese? Is that his club before? Is that the club to do that? Or... I'm, I'm not sure. I just know that he was he was on loan, but it's it's. I think it's going to play out over this season, and, and we're going to have to watch a balance between how much does Hugo left have left in the tank versus how much is Golini showing that he could potentially be a goalkeeper of the future. You, you have to remember, Hugo Lloris is going to be 35 this December. That is not incredibly old for a goalkeeper. Goalkeepers can obviously play into their early 40s, but when that cliff comes it is a steep drop and, 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 and we just don't really know how close Hugo is to that cliff. He's still obviously one of the best stop shot or stop shot stoppers in there the he world. Um, he, he, you know, he has, he has, he has deficiencies in other, in, in other parts of his game, but he's still an extremely talented goalkeeper. Um, and, and it's not like, you know, if, if we see that cliff this season, the decision gets made early. I'm confused why Spurs did not go after someone like Onana, okay. who who it seems like is going to be going to to Lyon for like something like seven million pounds. Yeah, for a song. For a song. Um, yeah. So, I, all right, I, I got to hop in here, and and the reason why is because I love Hugo and I appreciate the shit out of him. Yeah. Um, but I think that, and no question, he is he's the greatest shot stopper that I've personally seen. And like, you, you, I, I said, mean, you said that a lot easier than I did, by the way. <laughs> um, and especially for Spurs. But, uh, I mean, literally the amount of games he has kept us in that we had no business being in. Like, we were dead to rights, except for Hugo. Um, they, I, they're countless. Imagine, so, this, imagine this defense the last season and a half, two seasons without Hugo Lloris. Exactly. Um, but I think the biggest thing that we really need right now at, at Spurs is, is, is kind of that culture shift, mm-hmm. right? We, we need that, that changing of the guard. Um, and that starts with <laughs> attitudes reflects, reflects leadership, brother. Like that's just how it goes. It starts with, with the armband and you've got a guy in, in, in Harry Kane, who's the captain of his country, but in even the captain of his his club in, in in London, where he's supposed to be the guy, where he came up because of the commanding presence of Hugo Lloris. Yeah, uh, and so you look at that and you go, well, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to to say that you're really going to get that that true turnover at Spurs until the captain changes, right? So. In answer to the question that you raised initially, I think it's going to be somebody else because, quite frankly, I don't think Lolini is fucking good enough to start in the Premier League week in, week in and week out. Um, and I don't think Hugo Lloris is going to be here next year. Um, yes, Onana is going to Lyon for a song, but if you know anything about Lyon, A, they like to do business with Spurs. B, they like to charge us a shit ton of money for questionable players. And C, um, there's a decent chance that we could get – they could flip Onana for about, you know – Sell him to us for twenty to twenty-five, right? Hey, he had a good season here. Here's your keeper for twenty to twenty-five. We still come out ahead because fucking Golini goes back to Italy because he doesn't play. He played nineteen games for Daniel Levy instead right. of twenty. Nineteen and a half, and uh, <laughs> that's exactly going to happen. 
Um, and you know, Bob's your uncle. Like, there you go. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't fully disagree with your with your original answer to the question is that I think it's someone else. Yeah. Um and and obviously this season goes a long way into kind of spelling that out, which I think is kind of cool. Um next on my docket here is uh something that we we had been talking about for I guess months, but finally came to fruition is Hyungmin Sun signed a new contract. Yay! Which I don't think there's a ton to talk about other than cool like nice one sonny love that for us (laughs) i mean right do do we do we have is there any like anything to add other than this is awesome love young and son i was there when i I mailed him i was there when he did the burnley goal it it was just and i I still can't believe it i can't still believe and his thing i wanted sonny like even long before he was actually went to leverkusen because i saw him at hamburg i thought this really this kid yeah i saw the attention this kid but he was smart. He was like, you know what? No, I'm going to stay here. I know the language. I'm still developing. I need to wait before I move to the Premier League. And do you know what? He is the club. He is the person. I mean, obviously, Harry Kane, obviously, we might keep him, we might not, but he is someone that we can build the club around. He is, I mean, I think he's, I don't know, I don't know you guys, what, you, what Americans call a franchise, but there's something about Sonny. He's just incredibly well loved. His marketing potential is incredible. He is South Korean captain. He literally, there'll be, an, I mean, I don't know how many fans. I mean, there'll be loads of pissed off South Korean fans that can't come now to the to, 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 to new White Hart Lane because, you know, because of all the Delta stuff going on. But it's, there's something about Sonny that he's just, and he has, he's, he's experienced adversity. He said, you know what? I want to go. I didn't want to stay here. I really struggled. But he knuckled down. And that, that goal against Swansea and, it was just, ah. I remember like, and I remember like there was one game, I remember against Bournemouth. And I remember like him and Delhi are their best mates and Delhi screamed at him. And now I know it, Sonny screamed at him back. And you're thinking, oh my God, that's Sonny. Sonny's screaming back at Delhi and Delhi's surprised by that as well. And they made up for it. Yeah, they, they, were, they were buddies at the end of it. But, the, you know, he's found a voice. He's a leader, definitely off the pitch. He's a leader. And I think he's showing some leadership on the pitch. And he's that kind of player that, I honestly can see some just really good things in Mike. Honestly, I think I've always said that he's always he's that close to being our Eden Hazard, just going to that next level. Where he's going to be just every club like Bayern Munich, Real Madrid before they had all their money problems. Barcelona, Juve want him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, if he's yeah, a player, if, yeah, yeah. If he has, if he puts together a season uh, this year like he had last year, and, and you can show a little consistency, twenty goals plus. Like I, uh, I absolutely agree with you. My biggest, my biggest thing about Sonny when he first came to the club is that he didn't have the ability to finish one on one, and he worked his ass off on that. And now breakaways on the keeper. Are, I mean, like the last three to four years, like we've seen, like some of the most iconic Sonny goals are one on ones, like the goal in the cup against uh, against the scum, where he's one on one with Jack and buries him. And uh, yeah, I mean, Sonny is um, Sonny with this new contract has just elevated himself to kind of iconic status with, with Spurs. I don't necessarily think that the production needs to do much more and kind of go to that stratospheric level in order for him to maintain that kind of iconic status. He's got a great song. Uh, which everybody loves, which is a massive part of icon status at a club. <laughs> um, and, uh, and he has, Iconic goals like that. You can't write the history of the last five years of Tottenham without Youngman's son. And so when you when you look at that, you uh, you have to feel pretty confident about where you're going in the future. In terms of um, what you said specifically about his leadership qualities, I want to take a second to talk about that because I don't think that it can be understated here. 
and, and what I mean is that he has that voice and that cachet now to be someone to look at Harry Kane in, in, in the locker room and say, well, fuck you. If you don't want to be here, get out. Like, yeah. and, and I don't necessarily know that anybody else other than Hugo can say that to Harry Kane in that locker room and like have, cause Harry works harder than anybody. Right. But I think Sonny can say that. I, I think that you look at, at young man's son, what he's done for this club, what he means to this fan base and how much he truly plays for the shirt. And you go, God, I wish that I had 10 more like him. And that's special. Well, and not only that, but always, I mean, to your point about leadership, always has the, not only the ability, but the um, enthusiasm to come out and speak after a win, after a loss and, and, and speak so, so clearly and so passionately and, and at times emotionally about Mm -hmm. what's going on with the club. Um, And I mean, really, I, I don't I don't know that Sonny will ever wear the armband. It really shows all of those, you know, all of those capabilities and abilities to speak for other members of the club who 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 won't get in front of a microphone um and and do that. And it's, you know, for for not only for for a man of his his ability on the pitch, but for an Asian man to step in and 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 take that role of, you know, being the face of Asian football in in England is is really cool and it, and it grows the game globally and it grows the game you know it grows the diversity of the game and and it's just i just really think that having him at as as a part of spurs is a beautiful thing for all the not for all the non-football reasons yes. in, addition, in addition to the football reasons well he's very much the, like he is the asian i was having a conversation with my wife about this the other day he is the asian like like sporting the face of the Asian sport. Like he's like, I I don't want to say he's the LeBron, but I mean, for all intents and purposes and in the Asian footballing world, he's the LeBron of Asian football, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, not only, not only just football, but, but Asian, you know, look, I don't live in Asia. I've never lived in Asia. I've never been to Asia, but in terms of, 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 of sport in general in Asia, I mean, you have, you have Hideki Matsuyama, the golfer who just won the masters this past April. Um, you know, there, there are a handful of others, but in terms sure. of, 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 of Asian, you know, sport, he is one of the faces of it. And it's kind of, you sure. know, Naomi Osaka, the, the, the tennis player who, who, who represents Japan as well. Um, there are massive names in sport in Asia and he is among the, the upper echelon of them. And it's really cool to have him, you know, in North London playing for, for this club that we all adore and, and representing that. Um, that, that and bleeding that, it. I saw. I saw a tweet it. earlier, Andrew, where it said, "This is just a reminder that Youngman's son does not have a girlfriend. His only love is his family and Tottenham." Well, <laughs> <laughs> when he first joined, he did this like arranged a Korean barbecue meal or something for all the for all the players because there wasn't enough time to like get into a restaurant. He just gets it. He, there's an understanding. And do you know what? Every you know, I, mean, I think Robbie Keane was like that as well. Robbie Keane, well, famously, when Harry Kane took a bunch of players over to Ireland, which Harry Kane Harry was not very happy about. But you need that person. That like, he's going to be the guy, say like Alfie Devine, who's kind of who I think we'll like to talk about later. But he's a say he's a young seventeen year eighteen year old kid. He's the kind of guy that will take Dane <clears throat> Scarlett, Alfie Devine, um, Niall John, and take him under their wing, and they know that they can go to him. They know that they can, they, you know, he'll bring them along. And you need that person who's like, because, I mean, Michael Dawson, who um, t- you know, TC mentioned, do you know what? When, Mike, when, when Michael Dawson first joined, Robbie Keane introduced him and he really broke him in, took him out, and he really helped settle players out of the club. And I can imagine that some of that, that's something that Sonny will do. 
and you need a person like that you need like a robbie kane or in this case a Holman son to do that you every it's, it's not just what you do on the pitch and on the training field it's what you do off the pitch yeah that brings that bond together and i think son does that that's that's really well said shuban it's a great show um we have a few more things to cover but before we do that we're going to take a quick break we're, we're still going to talk more about romero um we're going to talk about the the absurdity of what's coming this this coming week for spurs um and how we all feel about that um and then uh, a couple of other questions to get to as well we'll do all that right after this before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back into the Tottenham Depot. I'm your host, Andrew, joined by Todd and Shuban on this one. And uh, so Romero, this Romero deal. Look, by the time you guys are listening to this, it could be done and dusted. It, as we're recording, it is officially not. But. It seems like on Monday, Romero's going to go into Atalanta and tell them he wants to go to Tottenham, make it happen. Tottenham appear to have done everything that they can do in order to make this deal happen. He's the number one target as of right now. He would certainly come right into Spurs and start in the center back position for Spurs. Um, I don't know that he would be able to do that week one, seeing as, as you know, the two, we're, we're two weeks from that first game against Manchester City. Um, but as of right now, it really does seem as if this thing will get done. Um, I guess the question is, where does that put Spurs, assuming this deal gets done? Todd, what more do they need to do at the center back position, which we all came into this transfer window thinking this is the position of, of at, at most need, especially knowing that Toby is gone, Davidson Sanchez is likely gone. Um, which I know we would all say awesome, but you know, <laughs> there still need to be bodies. There still need to be bodies back there, and 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 you know, are we comfortable with Romero alongside Rodon slash Tanganga slash perhaps Tamiyasu if if that deal comes across the line slash God forbid Eric Dyer at some point? Um, or 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 does more need to be done in the center back position in addition to Romero? Well, I mean, obviously more needs to be done. So uh, we talked about this from the jump and regardless of how good he is, uh, and he's, he's good. He's good. And I think your, your seven out of 10 is that's, that's rough shoes. That's I mean, the man was a Syria defender of the year last year. I understand. I'm saying it was like a, I have a fine, but I asked, like I said, I asked him, he goes, look, it's not saying that he's not good, but I'm saying he's still quite young. Defenders don't get good until like the mid. I mean, apart from Led- even Ledley in his first season had howling. Do you know what I'm saying? His yeah. first season after after Judas left, it takes time for defenders to learn how to defend. And who knows? No, most, some- most certainly, most certainly. And, and you know, I think that we're buying we're buying the uh, like, I don't know the, the the you know Southampton Van Dyke right like like before he's he's truly peaked. Like we're 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 starting. From what I've seen, and Andrew, I don't know how much uh, of the 
you know, like the Copa America you watched or, or any of that, but when I'm not enough to make it, not enough to make a determination. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things about Romero is that like he plays, he plays a super high line in whatever system that they have in play. He's always chasing back. He's always, always, always chasing back. And like, I appreciate that for the athleticism standpoint, but that also throws up some question marks for me in terms of the discipline standpoint. Mm-hmm. In a Premier League, if you are undisciplined, ask Eric Dyer, they will beat the brakes off of you. Uh, you lose your man and they'll make you pay for it, Eric. Uh, so, you know, it's something where I definitely understand the concerns about his, you know, ability versus his his, fin- his finished product right now in terms of, of who he is as a player, but... Um, I, I think that this is a guy that you literally plug and play into your back line for the next decade if you get him uh, and, and, you know, so at least, you know, seven seasons or something along those lines. And I, I think that that's pretty darn exciting. Shuban, what else has to be done? I'm confident by the shield that we have in front of him. I mean, like, I know what TC, I know TC loves our Vikings. I mean, he's probably got like a Viking logo on his, a Viking tattoo on his arm or something. We're good. <laughs> and I think when you have that, quality of midfield in front of you that gives you cover and I think it's not and I'm not being bad if you can imagine someone like Hoiberg saying do you know what he'll, he'll if 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 um, Romero goes a bit too far forward Hoiberg will put him back in line do you know what I'm saying yeah you, you're field. absolutely right you're so, absolutely right I, I like uh, Milivojevic sorry I, I like Milivojevic Andrew I also like Tommy Asu obviously in in terms of 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 squad fodder I don't necessarily know that you plug that guy in, especially because they're kind of looking at him more as like a potential right back anyway. Right. And that's and that's the puzzling thing to me too, is that, you know, Tamiyasu ostensibly I think would be the Sergio replacement as like the, the alternate right back to Matt Doherty perhaps, or maybe God, that makes me shudder, which is, which <laughs> seems bizarre because I think he's played more center back. Um, and, and I don't know. It just, it's, 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 it's puzzling is all. Yeah, man. I, I mean, listen, this is this is what I see. I, I don't Galatasaray reached out for Tanganga and I just we're so thin at that position and I want to kick Eric Dyer down a flight of stairs. So like I don't like I just never like I I just let's, can we keep all of the backline defenders right now? Shit, Cameron Carter Vickers can even hang out for a little bit until the end of the loan window again. Like I'm totally fine with that for the first month of the season while Romero gets bedded in and we bring these new folks in, but if you slide Sanganga out to that right back position, I'm way more comfortable with him than I am with fucking Tamiyasu coming in being like, yep, you're a backup right back. Like, I mean, for a guy who's who's never played in the Premier League before, like Tanganga can, can, has at least showed that he can he can be effective in, in this league. And uh, so, I mean, that's more valuable to me in, in a market where you definitely don't – Unless Aurora it becomes available and he's healthy, like I, you don't necessarily have somebody that's like pinpointed in that spot, right? Well, well, let's not playing, go ahead. Shoot, I'm sorry. We're playing fullbacks differently, though. I don't from they done games. Normally under pots, you have like two flying fullbacks going full all the time, and someone's dropping back into the back three. But the way I think we play our fullback is only one of them goes forward, the other one tacks the other the, the opposite fullback will tuck in, and vice versa. And I think and I think that actually helps Jaffa Tanganga because. He's not that he doesn't seem to be the kind of guy that wants to go forward that much, if that makes any sense. Yeah. He's like a Lan Bissaka. He just yes, he can go forward, but it's not something he enjoys doing, kind of thing. So well, I, I, I don't I don't know that he has the skill set developed quite yet to be an attacking fullback. Yeah. So I think yeah. Well, I just, I he doesn't have the finish like the end product. Right. He's not gonna but, put in balls like Kieran Trippier used to. No. 
And well, I think you've got like Reg Reggie and like Sessignon, who we haven't seen play yet, but you know, who right. loves keep going forward. So I'm not against having a more defensive kind of like Carly or Virgil Chalukas, our right back, in someone like Tamiyasu or someone like Erto Matt, you know, such that type of anger. So right. I don't know. It's just, I think for me, like I said, with Skippy and Hoiberg, hopefully we'll keep Skippy, but I think we've got a really good solid line there. And you've got like, um, Hugo behind that, and I think between them, the, the goalkeeper and um, you know, and um, defensive midfield, I think we can keep our centre backs in line. And I think we can have a really good thing, you know, good shape. We can keep that shape going forward. But what worries me is that, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, Romero, he's doing fitness training and everything else, but I don't know how much English he speaks, or if, if anything, I don't know how much English Tommy also speaks. So we're gonna have two guys who are gonna come over here. And defensive is all about communication, you know? And if yeah, we can guys who can't speak English and they're still learning the system, they're still learning, they're settling in everything else, that worries me. That really, really worries me. And so I don't really want to play Eric Dyer, but I don't think we have much, much of a choice. I'm, I'm, uh, in the same, I'm in the same boat and it kind of, well, quick, quickly first, you, you mentioned Sessegnon. We haven't seen him play. There's apparently an injury, but it's not super, super serious. Should should be another few weeks before he can ramp back up. And apparently when it comes to the Tomiyasu deal, an injury is what's been holding that up from being completed as well. So, Well, also he's in the Olympics. And so. he's been in the Olympics. So, um, and, and, I haven't really watched much of the Olympics, but you know, Brian Heal has been in the Olympics as well. So he, it's going to be a while even before he gets into the fold at Spurs um, because he has not, you know, he's, he's over in, in Tokyo playing for Spain as well. So a lot still kind of happening in terms of guys playing these, these summer tournaments and needing to get back to clubs and all of that. It, it, on the dire point that Shuba just made, we, we actually, we, this leads perfectly into, we got a question from Dustin Dietz who wanted our starting 11 for the Manchester city match, which I'll remind folks is two weeks from today, two weeks from our recording. Um, we talked about this a little bit in our group chat earlier in the week. And my starting 11 was kind of all familiar faces. Um, I'll just give it to you guys now and you guys can tell me where I'm wrong, but I had obviously Hugo Lloris in goal. I had Sergio Rian at left back, Eric Dyer and Jaffa Tanganga were my center back pairing. This is a prediction, by the way, this is not what I would do. Um, Matt Doherty at right back. I had a midfield three of Ndombele, Hoybier, and Delhi. And then my front three are Bergvine, Son, and Lucas. Obviously, we know Harry Kane is not going to, you know, that's already been pretty much put out into the ether that he's not going to be ready to go for the start of the season. He's probably going to miss the first few matches just recovering from the summer, which I think is good and also I think has nothing to do with him wanting out. Um, but that would be my 11. Where do you guys differ from, from that 11? Or is, or is that pretty close? Uh, um, for me, swap De- Delhi for Skippy, because it's Man City. Sure. Uh, um, no, that would be it, really. I can't... I, cause I think we are playing this kind of this kind of weird three hours thing, because I think the thing about Harry Kane is the guy's a football unicorn. To have that level, like a big man, a big six-foot-two guy, to have that sense of football intelligence, that sense of mobility kind of thing, you're not going to see that. That's very rare. I mean, you got like Lewandowski, but he stays, he stays in the box. That's it. You don't have powerful strikers that do what Harry Kane does. Right. So I think you've seen that we are trying to do similar to what Liverpool do, that kind of red arrows, three arrows, whatever, playing that quick interchange, open the body up, play balls between the lines kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we are. We, you can certainly see that they, they, are, they have been looking to do. Um, I, I wouldn't disagree with you on that, really. I think 
I mean, I'm not, I'm not I'm comfortable with that because I don't want to have, sorry, against the Manchester champions, I don't want to be starting a whole bunch of new players. I'm sorry. That players no, I, I, I agree with tennis. you. Would you, would yeah. you, you said you would swap Skip for Delhi. Would you, you wouldn't swap him for Ndombele instead? Do you know what? I know this sounds probably heresy, but do you know what? I think Delhi's time at the club, and this is, this is his last year. Absolutely heresy. <laughs> I just think I just think you've got someone. I just don't know where he fits. I really don't because I think formationally it is, it is a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think he's he's. I think if anyone has 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 suffered most from the loss of Christian Eriksen, it's Deli Ali. Sure, that's fair. I think that's and a I really think, good point. And I just think you and I think that whole system was based on Eriksen doing what he did, dropping into pockets and finding that little pass, having Kane and Deli doing the overlap. And I, and I remember, I remember watching that against Real Madrid. I, I couldn't mean I remember me, like me and Barry from Hoboken Spurs. I hate the fact that I had to enjoy that moment with him. But <laughs> it was just watching watching those three play together in harmony. It was just a joy to watch. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. It, they just they didn't have to think about it. But they played beautifully. That's not going to happen again. And I don't know. Maybe you know Gio could do it. But Gio could be the new Ericsson or. Brian so, Hill or Lucas. Uh, I just don't. I just. Don't, I just don't see it happening. I just don't. I think Delhi is. No one. No one I can. Just, be I, I, just, I just don't see a place for him. I don't see the pla- where a place for him is. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe he can reinvent himself. Maybe because, like I said, Steven Gerrard went from. You know, they took years to figure out what his best position was, yeah. and eventually they worked out what what he had to do. And maybe Nuno can do it for him. Maybe Nuno I, is the arm around the shoulder that Delhi needs. I don't Amazing. fully I don't fully disagree with you, Shuban. And and look, we, we got another question uh, or, or another request to talk about formation specifically um, from from Christopher Askew on Twitter, and and I think that is the biggest point when it comes to to Delhi, and not only Delhi, frankly, but Lo Celso and Dombele, is how does this midfield shake out? Because we've yeah. got a lot of pieces that don't seem to fit perfectly into the puzzle, and you've got to kind of mold things for guys like. Delhi in Dombele, La Celso, you know, Skip and Hoybier, it's different. Like those guys can sit in a two and do the dirty work. And, and one of them can, can play more as a six. One of them can play more an eight. Those are kind of sure. interchangeable parts. And I think that's great. Who is the other, who are the other pieces? Because none of those guys I just mentioned, Delhi, La Celso and Dombele, none of them are pushing more forward and playing on a, on a wing. Well, I mean, you know, they're, they're all guys that need to kind of play centrally to do their best work. I think. Yeah, and, and but, I agree. But, I think but, it'll but be. To, but to that point, and and sorry, sorry, Todd. To that point, none of them are Christian Eriksen, so none of them are going to sit in a in a distinct number ten role either. You know what I the mean? The only one that even the only one that even remotely fits that is Indomale in the ten, and it's and he'd prefer to play in a ten if given his brother. Like he, that's where he likes to be the creative force. He does a yeah. good job finding those little balls through we on the other ones behind. We saw it's that, when, and it wasn't great. It what well, what I, I would what I, I would say, yeah what what I would say is that he didn't necessarily have the people around him at that point in time to make it look that's particular. that's fair that's fair. Um, but what what I would also say is that's an entirely different system, and that mm-hmm. was that that's not Nuno. And so I, I mean, it's tough for me, it's tough for me to say comfortably what I think Nuno is going to come out at against Man City from a formational standpoint. Because from what we've seen, what he does at Wolves is, you know, he he could go entirely defensive and just drop a back five he could. against and just try to hit him counterwise. Now, I think if he does that, there may be mutiny on the high road, but I mean, <laughs> you, you never know. 
Um, the other thing that I would I want to point out is um, just because all these guys are coming back doesn't mean that they're not going to slot right at, right back in. So guys like Joe Rodon or guys like Indomble, like don't be surprised with their inclusion early. Um, is how I feel about that. I wouldn't wouldn't shock me. Um, to see Indomble and Delhi both start against City. Um, now, what that would look like formationally, I'm not 100% sure, Andrew. I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If this Ramiro deal comes through, seeing us play a, a back three consistently is something that you can expect. Do you think that if Romero gets done shortly, he could even be implemented by in two weeks? I mean, I think Listen, that's, I, I think that's pushing it. If I'm looking around at the back line and I'm like, I've got Sanchez and Dyer and Rodon and Tanganga and Romero sitting there and yeah. I'm trying to pick three out of those guys, like, that's fair. How do I not take that, dude? That's fair. That's fair. Um, before we get out of here, I do want to talk about a little bit of the absurdity of what Spurs are about to face this week in two matches that. <laughs> are for some reason going to be played. And look, I know they are for a good cause and I am not speaking about the cause at all, but the idea that Spurs are about to play against Chelsea and Arsenal in matches that do not matter is extremely, I won't say worrisome. It's bothersome to me. And it's, I I don't think you should be playing London derbies in the, in the way that they don't matter. Um, And, and nor should you be playing preseason matches that, you know, feel like they mean more because they shouldn't they, the preseason matches friendly should be played against teams like, like Colchester United, Leighton Orient, MK Dons, not against Chelsea Arsenal, you know, the, and the likes. Um, so Chelsea Arsenal played earlier today in this mind series. Um, Spurs will play Chelsea on Wednesday at Stanford bridge. They will turn around and play next Sunday at home against the Gunners. Um <sighs> yeah todd todd just made the, the 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 exact noise that this feels like to me by the time we talk next week we will have both of these results and we'll hopefully have everyone in lily white with ankles attached to their bodies because that's what i fear i fear somebody is going to get dove in on and something weird is going to happen and i don't like it so here's the thing Look, Having, living here yeah, go ahead living here like we've gone we are we, we had our delta we had our all right go down and then two weeks after Freedom Day, the RA spikes up again. Mm-hmm. It is almost impossible to make plans, especially when you're playing abroad, friendlies, everything else. I mean, I think Man, Man United had to cancel something in France. They did, yep. And so I think it's the logistics of what it is. I'm not, I'm, I, I can't stand it, personally. I think, it's, I think it's an abomination, personally. But I think it's the best we can do. I think you need to play. Because you know, I, I would love to get a good Spanish team, team over. But of all the hoopla and getting COVID tests and this and that and isolation, all that kind of crap, I just think the logistics of it make it so, so difficult, especially now when you know people are going back or we're not going back. There's so much crap here in London, especially right now. I think it's it's the best of a bad situation. You know, I think um, it's not – I don't think it's ideal. I'm not going to like it. But ultimately, it is what it is. Yeah. Why couldn't they play West Ham, though? Like, why did they have to bring us into this shit? Like, Arsenal and Chelsea are basically the same team. Like, fuck those clowns. Like, we, like what do we have to I do think, with any of this? Well, I think – here's the thing, though. I think with West Ham fans, they're going to want to come to the lane because West Ham is obviously – it's going to be – I just think it's just a case of how it's, how it's just panned out. I think I mean, mind, mind are a great charity, by the way. They're a fantastic charity. Sure. Yes. Obviously, we've seen with Simone Biles or Simone Biles. 
about mental right. health and everything. Yeah. And I think, do you know what? I think, it, do you know what? I think ultimately, I think I like the idea of, do you know what? If you can put your rivalry aside to support mental health, and you've got three clubs that despite that despise each other, and nice. they can do that. That I think is the best example. That do you know what? I fucking hate you. You fucking hate us. You're you're fucking rent boys from um, you from my London. No, no, I don't mean that in a homophobic way. I mean that you you will basically sell your ass to anyone. And, you know, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? um, you know what I'm saying. I just think ultimately, if you can put those petty differences aside in support of a very good cause on mental health, that's what you should do. And I will now, look forward to being unbanned from the podcast. <laughs> despite the uh, despite the abrasive nature of that take, Andrew, it is one hundred percent the correct one. Um, yeah, and so respect to you, Shubes. No, you're it's absolutely right. it's true. And and Shub, on your point about the logistics and a pandemic and all of those things is well taken. But guess what? Uh, Fulham, Brentford, Millwall, QPR, Wimbledon. Charleston Palace. Palace, you know, it there are no, it doesn't bring eyeballs, it doesn't bring sponsors. <sighs> You're right. right, god damn it, stop being so right, Shuban. We don't bring you on, <laughs> we don't bring you on here to be right, we bring you on to be a punching bag sometimes. No, I'm kidding. Oh, if, if, if you want them to be wrong, bring bring the Jaffa or, or the rapper. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. Well the, well, the well, the rapper and the Jaffa should be back next week, hopefully. Um. Oh. And and we will as well. Uh, we'll be able to talk about these two matches in hopefully some kind of sense of okay, we got through them, you know, with 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 held breath at least. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. One one more thing I want to touch on before we dip on out of here is that uh, a tweet from the club this morning that they are delighted to announce that Alfie yes, Devine, thank you, has signed his first professional contract with the club. Uh, he turns uh, seventeen today. And we'll officially be with the club or under club control contractually until 2024. Good shout. And there's a very good article about him on the, in the, on the athletic. It's, um, he's, and it's incredible. I mean, this guy, I don't put so much pressure on the kid because I've seen so many wonder kids come and go kind of thing. But, um, you know, I mean, like, who knows? He could be someone that, you know, could be that, that you know, that in a year's time, especially with the conference league and everything else. Uh, I'm actually going to put it out to our listeners. Would you loan Alfie Devine out for a season? Or would you want to say, give him minutes in the conference league, him and Scarlett, see how they do. And then, you know, you know, or loan them out. Because that's, that's my, that's my put out to listeners really. Yeah. I'll, I'll let the listeners answer, but I would also say, why not both? Maybe play him early in the season in the conference league and then loan him out in January. That might be, a, that might be a move as well. Um, that's a, that's a good shout. Shubhan, and I like that. Um, lots more to be discussed on Alfie Divine. Plenty of time to do it, of course. As as Todd mentioned, only seventeen years old and uh, making moves, and and we love to see the youth come through. So that's fun. Uh, you can follow Shuban at the Real Shuban. You can follow Todd at TC underscore Kasho. Follow myself at A Stetka, and most importantly, follow the podcast at Tottenham Depot and uh, tell a friend because we're trying to build this thing from the ground up. As many of you know, many of you followed us over from the old podcast, uh, and, and we appreciate that, and we're hoping to, to, to grow it even out even bigger, um, which is great. So uh, we will talk to you all again next week, where, like I said, we'll, we'll hopefully have ankles intact uh, and, 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 and minds intact following a couple of matches against two London rivals. Until then, for Shuban and for Todd, I have been your host, Andrew. As always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. 
Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>